Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to register for our next workshop coming up March 17th through the 19th in Colorado in the foothills of the majestic Rocky Mountains. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts, Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this episode of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. How are you, my friend? I am blessed and glad to be here and be alive to do another podcast. Awesome. Well, it is a good day to be alive and before we get started, I just want to let you know, as we do periodically, that we are a listener-supported broadcast. What that means is the only way that you're hearing my voice right now is because we have had uh, generous partners come alongside us and financially support this ministry. And we are so grateful for all of you that have chosen to uh, believe in what we're doing by financially supporting us. And if you would like to learn about how you can become a partner, simply go to puresexradio.com and then click on the donate link. So, Stephen, this is kind of an interesting podcast. I was trying to think if we have ever done anything on this. I mean, maybe we've touched in certain ways on this, but I think the way we're going to communicate this this week is kind of cool. But it's this idea of blind spots. So why don't you share with us kind of what that means and kind of where we're going to go in this episode? Well... I'm 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 excited about growth and change and learning. I'm sort of a junkie. And uh some guy was saying I'm pathologically obsessed with my topic. And meaning he was so excited about it. And uh I'm I I I like that. I think I'm pathologically obsessed with how emotions work and trying to understand them so people are not so confused. Um, lost, stuck, stunted, you know, we're supposed to be set free, mm-hmm. especially we're the believers, right? We're supposed to have transformation deep in our soul. And uh, I read this comment, how come the churches fill up so many messed up people? <laughs> you know, if we have the truth, why isn't every, everybody getting set free? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the big framework. Then within that, I have to sort of uh, ask myself some questions. Um, 
And people say things that are really interesting when you listen. Uh, they'll say stuff like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that about myself. Well, I didn't know I was doing that. And I think maybe I have a little fear. What if you get to the end of life and there was something you could have known and it would transform everything, but it was a blind spot? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think uh, some, of, some of the ways that I've phrased that before in my own life or heard it phrased before is, is the idea of somebody saying something to me and I think, well, I never thought of that before. Yeah, so that is good. So I we never can, thought of it that way before. I never thought of that idea before, right? So That's I think there's, there's, there's multiple ways that you can look at this because I think sometimes we think of blind spots only in maybe a behavioral sense. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you have a blind spot in kind of how you're behaving or how you're misbehaving. Wow. But I think we can have blind spots in our thinking, yes. you know? Yes, in our spiritual walk. And then I think we wow. can have blind spots like you were talking about in our emotional health. And so we don't realize sometimes that, hey, did you know that when you're, um, when you're thinking that way and then when you are acting that way, that there's sort of this middle aspect of emotion that is also you've got some blind spots there in terms of how to process feelings and yeah and so so there's kind of multiple levels i think that blind spots can occur well and it's interesting how our parents are our trainers right and they're limited human beings mm-hmm. they're not walking perfection or keepers of all the truth they're just human beings and so there are things they didn't know and they couldn't tell us and so we may have picked up some some blind spots in our training. Because as you were talking, I'm saying this applies behaviorally, it, cognitively in thoughts, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, all across the board. You know, we are supposed to be on a growth mission, mm-hmm. right? And there's lots of stuff to know as we grow. And I guess that's why he gave us a lifetime and don't you think, maybe for clarity, should we say that, um, you know, blind spots, I think, is we're maybe putting it together here, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. These are areas in which we are unaware of that affect our cognitive health, our behavioral health, our emotional health. Because don't you think there's also things that we are unaware of that, that are not necessarily affecting us negatively? Like, for instance, I, am, I, I have to admit, and I think every human being has to admit, there is, a, there is an aspect of God that is absolutely mysterious and unknowable to us in mm. the sense of that's just beyond our comprehension, you know, in certain aspects. So we're not necessarily talking about blind spots and, and those things that you're just either truly ignorant of or just mm, don't know good. because there's limitations on our ability to know or our ability to do. I think we're talking about blind spots in the sense that these are things that you're unaware of that are having an impact on your life in maybe a negative way. Or yes. There, is that fair to say? That's right. And so we're concerned about hindrances mm. and weaknesses. Sometimes there's it's fear-based. Sometimes it's old resentment that we haven't moved past and we're hanging on to it. Sometimes there are areas we just weren't trained in. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know. And so how... Do you find out you have a weak spot? A blind spot, I'm sorry. How would you find out you have a blind spot? 
Well, it better be somebody else telling you because if it's a blind spot to yes. you, it's blind to you. <laughs> you That's can't right. see it. So how do you know you have weaknesses in your thinking or blind spots? Well, start dating. Yeah. <laughs> and say, well, you spend a lot of money or are you never spend money and well, you're sloppy or are you so neat? And, and you start to see strengths and weaknesses and they get married and then that means the niceties sometimes end. And so now we can just be brutally honest and say, wow, why do you do that? That's dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a weakness. The other thing that's interesting to me is that, is that we don't, we resist first. Yeah. You know, we don't say thank you so much for showing me that. I That was sort of outside my awareness. I didn't really realize that. I was a little negative or uh, angry or uh, sarcastic. Uh, I didn't know that about myself. Thank you so much for showing me that. Yeah, I don't think that's our typical response. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of the passages in Scripture that talk about the goodness of correction and that to despise correction is a foolish thing. And I think we can have that kind of wisdom from Scripture, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that our response is going to be in line with that wisdom. So somebody mm-hmm. comes along and they tell you, Stephen, man, I can I can see this glaring area in your life that apparently you seem unaware of in either your, let's say, your language or your demeanor or your attitude. And think about it. If this is sort of the way that you've always done life— Yes. For somebody to point that out, it feels a little threatening, doesn't it? Right. Absolutely. It's like, it's like you're say, what are you saying to me? Are you saying that I've got to change? And that is always something that I think initially is met with resistance because we don't immediately see the benefit or the value of the change that you're proposing. Like if I come to you and I say, right. you got this ma- major attitude problem, I think you're blind to it. Without you knowing or really feeling the benefit of the change that's necessary in your attitude, all you're going to feel at first is attacked. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel threatened because I, yeah. I, I this is the only way I've known how to act. And, you know, it's interesting because it, it, we hear that sometimes at our retreats. Uh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about myself. And that's what I love about being in a group with guys because one guy's talking and everybody else is being a mirror and saying, yeah. do you hear what you're saying? Do you see how you see that? Why are you so mad or arguing or why are you trying to defend yourself? I mean, other people sort of see you acting that way and can reflect back. But you were talking about the Bible a minute ago, and, and it's like Jesus had a verse about the log in your eye mm-hmm. and the speck you know, in your neighbor's eye and how you make such a big deal about that little piece of sawdust that's hanging there and all the while you got this log, <laughs> right? So um, so I think there's spiritual principles that apply also to this. And it, there's a sense of humility, right, that he was talking about. Be humble. Right, you got a lot of flaws yourself. Oh yeah. So when you're practicing this loving one another, be mindful that you don't get in the judgment seat and decide, okay, I'm the judge over you. 
Well, back to your question earlier about, you know, how do you know that you've got a blind spot? Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I think it's so essential, and we teach this so much in our ministry, is that, you know, you cannot be healthy in the fullest sense of that, not just in the sense of sexual purity. You cannot be healthy as a human being if you are not engaged in community, if you are not engaged in relationships, because it's exactly what we're talking about here. How can you know if you have a blind spot if you remain isolated and disconnected from people? Mm. It's almost like you're um, you're kind of willing your own demise when you stay isolated. Because let's just put it out there. Nobody gets through life without having some blind spots. Would you agree with that? Oh, that's right. Because... Because of our training or because world. of our upbringing or whatever. That's right. And so the thing is, is if you begin, if, if you move further and further in your life away from people, mm-hmm. then do you think your blind spots are going to, you know, magically disappear? Like, like will that log magically be taken out of your own mm-hmm. eye? You know, so the relationship component is really essential. You've got to have people that you're bouncing things off of so that they can see where your blind spots are. That's right. That's part of your training, right, is in dialogue. And that's what this program is about, is about learning and growing. And we're throwing out ideas, challenging people, and ask them to look at themselves. Uh, because the goal is to to be set free, even emotionally, not just spiritually, right? But for our whole being to be transformed so that we have this great inner peace because of emotional transformation. And sometimes we don't know we have weaknesses, and sometimes we hold on to our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So I want to go over this. I found this little book called Five Blind Spots by Stephen Arterburn. And I wanted to go over these. Um, he, he points out five of them. And I think they're just good um, talking points that you and I can jump into. He says, number one... Stubborn resistance. Now, I like that. Well, because, I don't want to talk about that, Stephen. <laughs> because resistance is already sort of a strong-willed it's thing. It's kind of stubborn already. Yeah. And when you put stubborn <laughs> on top of resisting, you're, right? You're getting the stiff arm big time. That's right. And and so you can almost hear somebody wanting to resist looking at their weakness. Don't tell me. Who do you think you are? Who made you God? You're not perfect. Don't tell me my weaknesses, right? And and they attack you rather than say, yeah, I do have a problem with control or overspending or overeating or just line it all up. Mm-hmm. You have a weakness. The beginning of health is to say the weakness, not to resist. And I think this is the this is the quintessential know-it-all, you know, that does not want to be told that they don't know something, you know, that there's that there's a defensiveness. And I think that may be the weakness, the, the real blind spot that's there, the stubborn resistance, the, the weakness there is that I'm going to be defensive with you and with anyone. And, and, you know, if you think about it, what are some things that you might think, are underlying that. I mean, you've got the a person that you know you carries a lot of wounds, different types of things. Where it's like right. their their mentality is, 
I have to protect whatever I've got, no matter how small. Because I'm hanging on, be, right? Yeah. yeah, and surviving. You know, what's interesting is that there's a belief that goes with this. It sounds like this. Uh, nobody can help me. I have to do it myself. Yeah. And so even when help shows up, they resist the fact that maybe somebody could challenge you with a new idea, a fresh perspective. Um, or just help you with your project. Because yeah. there's an idea that I have to do this on my own, right? And so that's where some of that defensiveness comes in. And so the resistance is is a survival strategy, right? I'm stuck. I'm stuck bad, and I'm going to resist. I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to resist change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't realize that that's sort of a blind spot to not see that as a weakness that you're fighting against even when help shows up. One of the things I like to say in the workshop is that a proud person can't be taught. Mm. And so this person who's got stubborn resistance, they really can't learn. And, And what I mean by that is... They can't be taught because every idea has to originate with them. It's about their own strength. It's about what they can do. And they're the ultimate end in themselves. Well, think about it. Can you really grow with that mentality? No, you've got to be willing to have somebody that's kind of of, going to press and challenge your ideas, uh, bring you new ideas that you've got to wrestle with. And... So healthy debate and dialogue is necessary in order to grow. So this is a person that's going to perpetually be stunted in their growth because of that resistance. And on one hand, it's very strong, right, Mm -hmm. to resist. But to stay stuck and to be stubborn about being stuck and small, it's not smart, but it is strong, Mm -hmm. right? So the next one he talks about is arrogant entitlement. Hmm. And I don't know if this is your experience or not, but but maybe like um, five to 10% of the men that we see at retreats, not a high number, a smaller number, will show up and they'll say, well, why can't I? I've always gotten what I want. Life works well. If there's a problem, I work through it. You know, it turns out good for me. You know, almost a sense of being golden or something. And if if you usually get your way, you develop this mentality that I'm I'm sort of entitled to this. Right. And I think we're seeing this, maybe this category grow <laughs> more in recent years with uh, millennials and some of the younger generation. The sense that, at least here in the West, the sense that life should be handed to me easily on a silver platter. Mm. And I think, and and so then to add with that, the arrogant entitlement, it's not just believing that that should happen, but pointing to everybody else and saying, absolutely, you should give me what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. I should not have to work or be challenged or be pushed or be, you know, um, life should not be hard. <laughs> and when you say that, you know what comes to my mind? It's very adolescent. Mm-hmm. It's just like a 16-year-old that says, hey, the world should work this way. It just should work this way. Some of the, the author has a few comments in his book here that an entitled person would say, well, I deserve this. 
I worked really hard. You know, you know, I need this, don't you? Um, anyone would would see it the way I see it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Yeah. The, again, the sense that everything gets filtered through me, and that's kind of the end game there. And so, um, and I don't think we have to look again in the West. We don't have to look too far to see this pretty prevalent in the culture at large. Even if. Like you said, the guys that are coming to the workshop, even if it's still a small percentage, I think it's that percentage is growing in the culture at large. Because, I mean, think of it this way. I, I have had experiences where, you know, I'm old enough at least to have had a an upbringing that required a strong work ethic that recognized that it's not work to create a self-centered paradigm. It's work that says work is about being productive in the society. Oh, as part of a group and a team. And now what we have is we have folks that they go to work with this arrogant entitlement that says I work with me being the center of, of it all. So therefore my work should all point back to me monetarily, benefits, all these kinds of things. Whereas I think there used to be a paradigm that says, you know why we go to work? Because it's good for the community. It's good for the economy. It's good for our neighbor. And yes, then we reap some benefits personally. But I think that's been flipped around. And because I'm part of a community, right? Yeah. We're but, building together. But something. now that's been flipped around to this individualistic mindset. And think about how well that, that feeds into a porn issue. You know, that's a very individualistic mindset, right? That says it should all be all about well, me. Well, and you think about how difficult sexuality and rhythm between two people is, and somebody has an entitled mentality. I'm entitled to have mm-hmm. sex when I want it, the way I want it. You, you know, you're wrong. You're bad for not doing what I say. Yeah. What's the third blind spot? The third one is justifiable resentment. So it's resentment that I can explain and justify why I have to stay angry at uncle, grandfather, mother, father, brother, mm-hmm. relative. I, do you, don't you know I have to hold my resentment? And here's the thing. This is why I think it's a blind spot. I've had some experience with people on a personal level with this where there have been literal records kept of injustices done against them. And so the idea is I can point literally to a, you know, this person would say I can, you know, they wouldn't say this, but this is what they could do. I can literally point to a notebook that tells me all the ways you've offended me. Wow. Now, the thing is, I can justify it. It's on paper right here. I can show you these are the facts. Yes. But, but so let's talk about why that's a blind spot. Why is that a blind spot to keep a, an actual record of all the injustices that somebody's done against you? Well, let's see. My guess would be because I don't see what it's doing to me. Yeah, you don't see that it's causing you to be an angry, bitter person that, quite honestly, if, if I learn that you have a notebook of injustices against someone, do you think I really want to share my heart with you? Uh. Do you think I really want to be in relationship with you, we're not going to get very far, are we? Because I'm thinking, when is my name going to go down in the notebook? Because I know I'm not perfect. And so at some point, I am going to offend you. 
be it how small it might be. So I think the blind spot there is that it further isolates that person from relationship, which is the very thing they need. They need healthy relationships, but who's going to engage them in that way if they're afraid that at any moment their name's going to go into a work and do a book, you know? People are going to protect themselves, right? And and the the blind spot you is you said it well. It's going to limit whoever's holding that. There, that's not about growth. It's about holding the past mm-hmm. and holding it in anger and waiting for somebody to come and and to you know white out all the right. wrongs in the notebook and make them go away. You know you, you're stuck. You're stuck, and that's your blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the next blind spot? I have to turn the page here. Um, Disconnected isolation. Disconnecting and isolating. So I'm I'm personally familiar with this one. Okay, (laughs) this is... This is a uh, certainly a a blind spot from my past, but here's the other thing I want to tell you about blind spots. I think they're... Because they're blind spots and because I think they have a... They're typically built through the process of our development, if I could put it that way. I don't think you, I don't think you wake up at thirty and at twenty nine you developed a blind spot. Right. I think it it happens earlier than that. Now I think that maybe you can develop some other blind spots, but I think they're going to be born out of sort of your core (laughs) blind spots about your core weaknesses. Yes. And so for me, I mean, kind of part of my development was this idea of of detachment. And and so while I have dealt with that in a significant way, it's still it, my the the tendency that I have is let's say if things get really stressful or whatever, I might tend to to go back into that weakness of hey I really kind of want to detach and I kind of want to isolate. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes our blind spots. This is why I think we need regular ongoing community with people who know our weaknesses, because then they can look at me and go hey Jonathan you know. You're drifting, buddy. Ooh. You're starting to kind of isolate. What's the deal? So they can call me out because they know that. Because I don't think you can say, hey, you know what? I recognize what my blind spots are. I'm going to really work aggressively for the next six months, and then I'll be done with it. Mm, yeah. It doesn't quite work that no, way, right? Uh-uh. So I was looking at this book, and he was saying, you know, what's the opposite of, of this disconnecting and isolating the opposite's intimacy and mm-hmm. connecting, right? So the blind spot would be, uh, I don't want to be to know me. I don't want to be open and vulnerable. Um, I'll just be quiet. I'll sort of be a shadow person on the outer edges, and I'll keep to myself. But that strategy blinds you because what we said, we grow in community. We grow in relationship. We grow with new ideas from others. So I'm going to back up. What do you do about your resentments? He said, practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you do about resisting? You practice humility. And what do you do about entitlement? You work on contentment. Yeah, that's good. So there are great biblical solutions that are healthier to these blind spots. And if you so, think about all of those, what's the best context for working on all of those? Relationship, right? Mm. 
Forgiveness Spirit. requires relationship. You know, even contentment. I think we find our contentment when we're able to give and receive in a relationship. Yes. You know, so all of those, I think, have a relational component to them. Mm-hmm. The last one is willful ignorance. And, and Jonathan and I sort of chuckled. What does that mean? Who wants to be willfully ignorant? <laughs> you know? But uh, who signs up for that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or who has this as a strategy? I'm going to practice willful ignorance. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do in my life. I'm going to set out to not know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I get why you might resist, right? Or resent or isolate, but to be willfully ignorant. And then Jonathan hit something that we've had in discussions where some of the men come to the retreat and they say, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. And those guys seem like they're lost. They cannot know. They can't come out. They can't have understanding. The best place for them to be is sort of willfully ignorant, lost, if you will, saying, I don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes that means that there, there's a part of that there, that might actually be true ignorance, but then there might be a part of that that says it's too scary for me to enter into the journey of knowing because I know what that might mean. I'm, I, it might mean I've got to be vulnerable, I've got to be exposed, and that scares me. And so that can be one reason why somebody chooses to be willfully ignorant. Yes. Well, we hope this has been helpful. If you've felt yourself during this podcast feeling like, hey, this is exposing some areas in me that I'm realizing that I need to work on, please contact us because we'd love to come alongside you and help you grow in these in these ways of combating or, or sort of getting out of these blind spots where these blind spots become areas that you're fully aware of and, uh, and growing in the opposite. And so please contact us. And we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio podcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.